Welcome back, everyone, to What's on Our Screens. I'm Ryan, as always, and I have uh, Zach Sable and Caspian Denton with me today to talk about the Criterion Collection. How, how are you guys? What? How? What, <laughs> how are you guys? What have you been up to? I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm kind of acting as someone uh, not a film buff, and I don't know what Criterion Criterion films are. Um, so if anyone wants to define that for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can. Um, so the Criterion Collection is. Did we, did we even say that this was going to be about Criterion films? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah okay. I, I said that, yeah. <laughs> Realized I just said that. Um, I was let like, me that pull, made no sense. I'm sure it's like printed. I can pull up their like. They have like a mission statement that there it is. That they print on all of um, the, the boxes, the, the discs that they sell. Uh, since 1984, the Criterion Collection has been dedicated to publishing important, classic, and contemporary films from around the world in editions that offer the highest technical quality and award-winning original supplements. No matter the medium, from Laserdisc to Blu-ray to DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, Ultra HD to streaming, Criterion has maintained its pioneering commitment to presenting each film as its maker would want it seen in state-of-the-art restorations with special features designed to encourage repeated watchings and deepen the viewer's appreciation of the art of film is the mission statement on their website so a film does really good and then it's a criterion yes and they can like get the distribution rights because that's like another big part of it is like they're it's like the like premium curation of it of like you know this film is like anointed as being like we this can be a part of the collection um but also they have to get like the rights to sell it because that's like there's a bunch of stuff that like people are like i don't know if like online communities are like why isn't this in the collection yet why isn't this in the collection yet and like some of the time the answer is just like they just can't get the rights to distribute it like they just got um like Wally, so like they get Disney stuff as well. Yeah, like there hasn't been a Disney film in the collection. This is the first one they they're gonna be releasing Wally uh, later this month. So it's not like genre specific. It's no, just... they uh, there's a hard lean towards a lot more dramas, drama, dramedies. Uh, stuff that like stereotypically not stereotypically but typically um like wins awards and stuff, stuff like that. that is a little bit more associated with art films but not necessarily just that but there are like some uh there are some genres that are kind of lacking in terms of representation like sci-fi and horror and animation there just isn't a whole lot and part of that is also just because Horror and sci-fi have their own, um, their own like cults and um, distributors like Shout Factory and Arrow. Um, specifically, Arrow probably does a lot of essentially what Criterion does, but specifically for those genres and for those types of films of like '80s um, kind of B horror and sci-fi is just a lot of that stuff ends up getting distributed and like um what's the word uh restored and stuff like that with like arrow um which is another company that does like essentially this gotcha yeah um so zach you wanted to like 
come talk about this. Why why did you want to like I just, come bring this up? I mean, I'm just someone who's like since I got into film in high school, me and my friends um we were just always like my best friend in high school was also very interested in like Criterion and cuz the person who really got me into like Kurosawa and like I think my school library had like a Seven Samurai release from um so it was like the first Kurosawa film I saw, and it was a. I'm pretty sure it was a Criterion release. So and like the sale, like that everybody always freaks out about um, every year is going on right now with Barnes and Nobles from 50% off because Criterions are definitely not cheap. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So you just um, you kind of elaborated like you emphasized that it's it's like the Criterion release. So I'm assuming that it means it differs in some way than just like the the like the ordinary DVD of the film. Yeah. Um, well, like usually like Criterions will come with like special features on the discs or um, they'll have like an essay booklet or a poster, like really like little cool features. Like they have this Godzilla like from like Showa era mm-hmm. and I know it comes with like a coffee table book. So like you yeah, get like cool. extra stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like – like Wally is coming to the collection, and like obviously, there's like you can get a DVD or like Blu ray of Wally. I mean, maybe you can't, maybe it's in like the Disney vault. I don't know <laughs> if you know what like that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like back, I don't know if this is still a thing or not, but apparently, there was like a thing that Disney was doing where like we're taking this out of the Disney vault and they'd actually like release like a DVD copy of like Beauty and the Beast, and it was like you better like. Oh, okay. Buy up, yeah. you know, a copy of it before it goes back in the vault, and you so, can't like buy it anymore. I don't know. It was like like a, like a marketing tactic. Yeah, some weird thing that Disney was doing. I don't know if they're still. Anyways, you can get like a copy of Wally on disc. Um, that's not the Criterion one, but it's like there's like the the all the special features and stuff that Zach was talking about, along with like the little essay booklet, and there's usually like some nice cover art. And all of their releases have like a little number on it that's like the, the like spine number. So all of them are like, you know, a part of the like collection and it appeals to like, you know, people who are like into collecting things, which is like kind of what got me into it. But also like the wanting to find more like films that I wouldn't otherwise like just put on or stuff. A lot of stuff that you can't find on streaming, a lot of the stuff that they release that isn't contemporary is stuff that's like really hard to find in terms of streaming. And do they have their own streaming? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they they have is it, it, a streaming service called the Criterion Channel. And is it its like entire library? No, <laughs> they they like everyone else. Just like stuff, you know, comes in and out okay. depending on the months. Um, they do do a really cool thing that I really like. Um, that every month when they bring in new stuff, they'll usually have like four or five like themes. Mm-hmm. So they'll have like a themed section like. Let me see what it is this month real quick. Um, like last last month, um, there was some stuff for uh, Halloween. So there was like an 80s horror um, collection that they had. And it was like 30, 30 or 31 um, horror movies from the 80s from various directors. Um, like uh, Near Dark was in there. I watched Near Dark. I watched... The Keep, which you can't really find anywhere else. And uh, Near Dark, too, you can't really stream anywhere else. Um, and then what else was on? Oh, like John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness was on there. Then 
there's like a bunch of other stuff too. Do they ever have like non-Criterion films on oh, yeah. Criterion Channel? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like the the Keep is in the collection, although I think it should be. And hopefully, it will be. That'd be an interesting one to add. Um, but yeah, like they have November Noir right now, and they just have like added a whole bunch of Noir films for November, gotcha. and like stuff like that. So that's like the curation on the the Criterion Channel is really really good. And the channel posts like those where they have like famous directors come in or famous actors. And did they post that on the channel, right? Where they, they'll come in and pick out movies that they love? Like I know. Oh, The Closet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, I think they post those to their YouTube channel as yeah, well for people know, like, to watch. Slavoj Žižek, like philosopher, did one once. So. Yeah, they, so that's like another thing that they do is they have like a closet at their, you know, wherever. I think that's they're based out of New York. But they have like a closet that's just got all of the um, releases that they have just like filling the shelves. And they invite um, filmmakers, actors, um, other people related to film, like a philosopher. They just bring people in there and just have them kind of like browse and just like have them like pick out and just like talk talk to the camera and like tell them about, you know, why this film is important to them and some way, shape, or form, and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. For like, did you say Wally just like got in the? Yeah, that's that's. Nice is that month. usually like? Does it typically like like Wally came out a while ago? Yeah. Does it usually take that long for something to get released under the? Not necessarily. Of? There's some like 2021, 2022 so movies. It that just are... kind of depends on like the process and like you said, like the rights to it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because like um. Like I think ones from last year are Drive My Car, the um, best international feature winner from last year is in the collection now, gotcha. and that came out last year. And it just depends on, um, you know, when uh, they decide to release stuff and when they can get the rights yeah. to stuff. Interesting, because yeah. a, a lot of a lot of the releases are old mm-hmm. things. So one of the things that appeals to the collection for me is just like I've become a real like collector of physical media. Are you are either of you guys like interested in that at all? I've just like since the the pandemic, I think when the pandemic started is when I just like started doing this. And then like since then just like every time I can like go to like a, a video store or something, I like try and just like browse the shelves and see what I can find um in terms of like stuff that I don't have. Um, well, I mean, like definitely every time I go into a Barnes and Nobles, I'm always, even if I'm only there for a book, I'll at least check out the Criterion section. Um, and like besides Criterion, I love like vinyls. I collect a lot of vinyls and I have like a VHS tape collection as well from, because those are usually like 50 cents or a dollar. So that's like the easiest way to start a collection of movies. Um, so like, and it's like, like baseball cards and stuff. So like. There's a lot of different like ways I like to collect things. Yeah, I'm more I'm more of a music guy, so like I have a decent collection of vinyls. Um, I think I started doing that when I was like 16 or something when I got like a record player, and I yeah something I really enjoy. I like anytime like I go somewhere. Um, like uh, last December, like I went on a trip to uh, it was close to like Boulder, um, Colorado. Went to this like little small dingy record store and found like this old like this old vinyl from like um maybe 60s maybe 70s and it was it was like 
it had like Batman on the cover and it basically was just this guy like reading off like a comic or something with like sound effects in it and stuff like that. And I was like, that is so dope. Um, so like even even stuff like that I like collecting that's like not even like music relevant. Like I, I have a couple of just like Halloween ones that I found that is just like a, a, a man telling like a scary story. And it's just like with like just again like sounds in the background and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I really enjoy like collecting that stuff. Yeah, there, I kind of have the same thing with like movies. There's like, Criterion's one thing, but then there's also like, there's like special editions of like movies that have come out that are just like, there's just like some cool, um, weird things that like people, you know, like me will just like be interested in. Yeah. Um, I'm just also like kind of weird and like streaming and just like scares me. What if it ends? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, why don't you just like buy it, you know, like digitally and just have like a digital copy. And then it's like the the like rights for that stuff are like really weird. And like mm -hmm. if you like I know for sure for Amazon, like if you buy a digital copy from Amazon, they can just like take that away at any point and just like not tell you. <laughs> they can just be like, yeah, we don't we can't stream that movie anymore. So we just are like taking that from you. Hmm. It's like I'd rather just like have it on disc and I can just like pop it in whenever I want and I don't have to like worry about that. Yeah. It, it's kind of the same with like um like um video games, like old video games like there's some of them that I think like Nintendo can't release or something like even like punch out one of those. But um like Stadia, like I had Cyberpunk on Stadia and they just they announced they're closing it, but at least like luckily they're giving refunds, so I'm going to get my money back, but like I don't think they te they technically didn't have to give me my money back. They could have just closed it, and that would have been like sixty dollars down the drain for me. So there definitely is like a like a physical media thing. Like and in that department, like video yeah. games, it's like DR. Basically, physical media sucks for video games now too because it's literally just like DRM. Like it it's it's not actually playing off the disc. So like especially with old games, it's important. yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I feel like video games took a huge hit. I don't know the last time I bought a physical game. Like, I just always, like, I mean, I, just, I play most of my stuff on, like, my Xbox One, and I just, you know, game store, buy. Like, why why would I go and go to the store and get it when I, and then, I mean, for some reason, maybe I just don't, I'm not that passionate about video games, so, like, the physicalness doesn't really matter to me. But um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like probably people can probably relate to, like, just not buying physical video games. Yeah, the last time I bought a disc was like Far Cry Five. And yeah. I think and I think I got like the like nice collector's edition because I was like really excited for the game. And yeah. I think that's like the last like disc that I've bought. And honestly, I don't think I've bought an Xbox game in a really long time because I've just paid for the Game Pass and like yeah. Because apparently, I mean, I'm, I hear that makes them like a lot more money. So like the streaming is a lot more lucrative for them than actually just producing the discs i'm hmm. sure because i'm um, producing those discs cost money and then the, if they can just like release stuff for the same price just like out in the world i'm sure that's cuts cost yeah going kind of back not so much that like what if streaming ends but do you think the fact that we you know kind of live in a society that like it, it's all about the streaming networks and stuff like that and because stuff is constantly moving in like one second you'll be able to watch a movie somewhere and then it'll be gone for a while like do you think 
and for both of you, do you think that encourages you to like your addiction or not addiction? You're just like it's an addiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess your your desire to like want to collect um, the physical. Yeah, definitely. Because um, there's some things um, I'm seeing it more. The more I become interested in film, the more I'm like looking for specific things to like that I'm specifically looking for like a movie to watch and. I just like can't find it or can't stream it then it's like then what do i do then i like hop online and see if i can buy a disc and sometimes it's like that disc is 40 50 dollars and it's region locked you know so i I don't it's it's something that i've only started to run into but i can see myself running into it more and more like for example um the the two examples that i'm familiar with are like catherine bigelow's um near dark um you can't you there's there's a blu-ray out there but it's like 40 50 100 bucks i don't know how much it actually costs because i haven't looked into it at all but other than that you can like there's some like weird streaming service that is streaming it and then also it was on the criterion collection or the criterion channel for like last month and like that's really the only way that you can watch that movie like if you're a TU student, you can check it out from the TU library because they have a copy. <laughs> um, but like other than that, and like um, uh, two years two years ago, um, I was trying to watch Bong Joon Ho's Memories of Murder, and I just could not find it anywhere. It was not streaming anywhere. You couldn't really buy a physical copy of the disc either until the Criterion Collection added it to the collection, and there's now like a wide release of a blu-ray slash dvd that people can actually buy and watch the movie on gotcha um i don't know going into like kind of transitioning a little bit like out of your collection of like or i don't know i guess i i don't want to ask like i was gonna ask like how large your like criterion collection is for both of you but if that's something that (laughs) you don't want to answer just like maybe like some favorites that you have mine's tiny mine's i only like i'm looking at it right now um I think I have one more plus these that I haven't added, but I have um, I have Sallow or the Hundred Twenty Days of Sodom. I have the Cranes Are Flying, Bicycle Thieves, the Three Colors trilogy, and Europa Europa. Um, Europa Europa is really really good. It's really good, yeah. But I think my favorite is the Cranes Are Flying. It's I've uh, never heard of that. It's like an old Soviet film, and it's got like some really good like dolly shots. It's just a really pretty looking film, and but yeah, I mean, I honestly. I haven't watched, like, I haven't watched Bicycle Thieves or Sallow yet. And then I've only watched the first part of the Three Colors trilogy. So, like, I think a large part of it is, like, collecting stuff rather than, like, I mean, obviously I love watching them, but it's definitely, like, a sort of, like, like a baseball card thing, but for, like, film buffs, film bros. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I, I could probably tell you exactly how big it, I, I have, like, a, like I keep track on Letterboxd of like what I have and what I don't. So when I go to the store, I don't accidentally yeah <laughs> buy something that I already have. But then it it it's says a number. But then I've also got um, a box set that I have no idea how many are in the box set. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, Memories of Murder, the one that I just mentioned, host is really really good. Um, I really enjoy that one. Um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is something that they added uh, recently when it came out in 2019 and that's like one of my favorite films so i highly encourage people to check that one out it's really really good um the other ones that i have that i really really like are 
um, two directorial debuts, Thief, Michael Mann's first movie is really, really good for anyone who's like Heat and or Collateral are like really, really good movies. What else can I watch that's like that? Go hunt down a copy of Thief or go see if you can try and find Thief somewhere because it's really, really good. Um, and The Virgin Suicides is also really good. One of Sofia Coppola's or Sofia Coppola's first movie. Um, I don't know. The, the, I can like go down the list and just like yeah. n- name titles and stuff, but. Gotcha. Um, I guess I can shout this one out just because it's like um, the the some of it for me is like trying to find things that I wouldn't otherwise watch and there's like the whole don't judge a book by its cover but I just like was really intrigued by the Criterion cover of this movie called Until the End of the World. Dude, there's so many books that I've just seen. I'm like, that looks cool, and then I, That's, and then I, and then I read it. Uh, yeah, um, and sometimes, that sometimes that that works, and sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But I will say, man, when I'm when I'm looking for books, that is <laughs> definitely a factor. I was in like a witty books that over there by Circle, yeah. and like I was like, oh, this cover looks cool. I'm still iffy, and then like it got me to pick it up and I was like, oh, this is by the guy, lead singer of the Mountain Goats. And so, oh, that is cool. Yeah, so I then I just bought it. I definitely, <laughs> definitely shouldn't have, but. Yeah, no, but uh, I just was like browsing through the collection and like saw this cover and was like, that's kind of sick. What is this? I want to find out more. Yeah. And then turns out it's like, uh, it's like a road movie that this guy made. Um, Vim Vendors is like a famous German director and, um, it's a movie that like the studio was like, yeah, you need to cut this down. And his like final theatrical cut was like two hours. And then he was like, actually the best way to enjoy this is the four and a half hour cut that I have. And that's what this is. And I was sat down and watched all of it and it was all right. There's, it's really cool. There's like some cool visual stuff going on, like similar to what's going on in like the, the, um, the cover that Criterion has made for it. But just like something that I like picked up and was like, I would have like not normally have just yeah. like sat down for four and a half hours to watch this road movie from, you know, a German director. That's just not something that I would just like think to do on my own. But because of the collection, I would just like, I was like, hey, whatever, you know, it's like it's in the collection. It's probably good to some degree. So it's probably worth my time to watch, you know. Yeah. Do you have any like any that you don't have that you really want? Um, I made a quick list uh, just of like recent stuff that they've released. Um, but also Europa Europa is something that I watched for a, um, a class that I took on Eastern European cinema. Um, so I watched Europa Europa, which was really, really good. And then I also watched Daisies. which I don't know if you've heard of, it's like a experimental film from that time. Um, same ish time period, like late 60s early 70s eastern european um film but it's just like a highly experimental it's there there's just some really weird stuff going on visually with like what they're doing in terms of like editing and how they're processing the film even just kind of some crazy stuff um anyway that just i think it was in the collection before but now they've now it's like a 4k release or it's new to the collection it's got a 4k release now i don't know with some of the ones that they're like, hey, this is like a 4K um, like disc now. I don't really know how they're doing all that stuff. Anyways, um, 
The Last Waltz is something that's also got me interested. I think I've heard of that. But... It's like Scorsese got Scorsese like called up all his music friends, was like, "Hey, I want you to like come play some music at like this big, you know, essentially like music festival." And then called up all his cinematographer friends and was like, hey, we're just going to like shoot a bunch of concert footage. I want like all of you to like come in and just like create some really good looking shots of like people playing music. And that's what that is. So I was like, that sounds like kind of sick. Yeah. So I've been wanting to get that as well. Um, And then I mentioned Drive My Car earlier as one of the probably top one top three of the best movies from last year so i really want to add that into the collection as well what about what about you is is there like because i know you mentioned that the sale is going on right now i'm like really trying to not walk into a barnes and noble because i know that if i walk in i probably walk won't walk out empty-handed mm-hmm. yeah i'm definitely uh trying to hint to my family what they should get me for christmas so. <laughs> uh but like probably my a few of my top ones like the Godzilla Showa era collection because mm-hmm. that's like all the films from the first like 20 years um and that's like a box set isn't it mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a big box comes yeah. with like a like a coffee table book I think yeah that's where this like sale really shines is like mm-hmm. you can get this $300 box set for $150 yeah <laughs> now's uh, the time I have to go do it now then the Jacques Tati um like series like his um all of his directed films um william klein he's a he was like kind of like a photographer back in the 70s and stuff and he did some films and they were like very sort of low budget like satirical of u.s imperialism um and like the first time i saw one of those captain freedom or something like that it was it was on um criterion collection or criterion channel i mean um and then i'd love to get like ikiru um any like oh Ikiru and like any Kurosawa films because Ikiru is probably my favorite film of all time and then Showa which is like the like Holocaust movie that's like eight hours long and it's it's a movie that it's like usually a hundred bucks and I think it's like 50 or somewhere around there for the sale yeah I what was I gonna ask you oh I've never seen any uh Jacques Tati's films are have you seen a bunch of them or are you just like interested in like getting to watch more of them i well i took a i took like a film class in over the summer in high school once and we watched like at least bits or i think all of one of them and i mean it's it's like charlie chaplin like Mm -hmm. but updated and like it's in color and um he also i think did like a short documentary that's like just about a soccer team in like france but i saw that on the channel like way back when because i had the channel like right after it was like filmstruck Mm-hmm. and i haven't had it in a while but yeah like jacques tati is like it's like like chaplin where it's all physical comedy and stuff yeah i've i've also feel like i've not feel like i definitely have not dove into kurosawa at all so what where should i like start because i feel like that's like a big blind spot in terms of my film like, i knowledge. mean like 90 99% of Kurosawa's films you're not going to go wrong with watching it like like uh Patton Oswald I remember watching an interview with him once and he talked to a guy who had never seen Ikiru and he was like I'm so jealous of you that you get to watch like Ikiru for the first time so I'd definitely probably be my first recommendation but like the standard like obviously Seven Samurai and 
Um, uh, Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, Rashomon. I've seen Rashomon. Yeah, that's the only one that I've seen. Although the Hidden Fortress, um, uh, that's Hidden Fortress is the one that Star Wars is loosely based on. And then, like a lot of his color films, like his late stuff is really interesting. That like doesn't get as much love. Like, yeah, d- d- is, isn't Dreams his? Does Dreams. That's the Dreams? one that's like a bunch of vignettes, and um, Scorsese is in it for like five minutes as like Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one that I've like. That's another one that I've like heard of, and I'm like very interested to see what it is. It's got, also got like a very pretty um, Criterion cover. It's interesting, honestly. I think it might be one of my like least favorite Kurosawa yeah, films, sure. but it's definitely not bad. But like Dodeska Den, which is like I've seen some people cite it as one of like the first movies with like an intellectually disabled lead. Um, and that was a really surprisingly good Kurosawa film. And then Matadayo is another one that I think definitely is an older. He's got like, they call it like his old man era where they're, they're not action. And then there's a lot of films I haven't seen, like the high and low, like yeah, I've heard sort of noir style films, yeah. like those detective ones. I've not seen like any of those. I just really need to like dive into yeah. it. And I just am like, mm, I yeah. want to throw on Ocean's Eleven for the... <laughs> Like that's the thing about like Criterion is that like without Criterion, I probably would have like never gotten into Kurosawa. Like I know HBO sometimes has his movies or some of them, like the later ones. Yeah, and that's like it's they have some of the Criterion stuff on HBO, and I think it's through like TCM. Yeah, because like I think because like the whole Filmstruck thing was like TCM, some other stuff, and Criterion, because like TCM is Warner Brothers, and so. Then they get like a lot of the like Mildred Pierce. I know that's got a Criterion release, um, and then they they get like I think the, like a lot of the later Kurosawa like stuff that Lucas and Spielberg helped fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know how it all works because I know like Janice film is also like a part of. It. Is Janice film like even a thing still, or is that just like? I, it I was... still see their logo in front of stuff. I don't yeah. know because I'm I'm pretty sure they're like related. Um, in some way to Criterion. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm not going to try and like pull up stuff right now and then just end up mm-hmm. saying the wrong thing. So I think it's, well, Wikipedia, so like take it as you will, says Criterion is a subsidiary of Janus. Okay. So Yeah, I don't know. And then they're, I feel like, somehow associated with TC. I, I don't know how it all works. Um, but I guess I w- also wanted to ask you... Um, is there something that you would want Criterion to release? Is like, there's like always discussion. I feel like of people who are like, this needs to be in the Criterion collection. I don't know. Is there something that you've just like been um, campaigning for in your own mind of just like, I really hope this is what they announced this this month. Well, we kind of talked about it before we started recording, but um, I know it's it's a bad, but Caligula. Mm-hmm. I just think that would be like a. It just seems like we you put it next to like something like Sallow almost. It doesn't have like the deep meaning of Sallow, but it's like it's a noteworthy film. But like more seriously, um, Alien, something like Alien, because you mentioned like sci-fi is an underserved, um, and I don't think that's on Criterion. I'm I'm not even sure, but yeah, like Alien um, is Solaris. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, not. Soderbergh's version. No, the, the um, original, the, the original. Tarkovsky, yeah. Tarkovsky, yeah. Um, I was trying to differentiate in my head Tarkovsky and Tartakovsky. 
but thank you. And yeah. More animation would be cool too. Like since they just got Wally, like um, like even try to get some of those like Studio Ghibli films. Um, yeah, the the problem that I usually have when people are like, um, this needs to be in the collect is like if it's something that already has like a pretty good copy of it that people can like really easily get a hold of then I'm like, I don't really need it in the collection at all. Like, it's cool that, that it can be, like, in there and we can, like, you know, put it on the shelf next to all the other Criterion um, ones that we have. But it's, like, I don't know, like, some of the animation stuff, especially, like, some of the Japanese animation stuff, it's, like, if it has, like, a really good restoration from, like, G-Kids or, like, other anime distributors, then, like, why why do we need, like, a Criterion copy of it? It's just like kind of I've kind of fallen like there's a you know, there's like a group of people that have that argument and I've kind of like aligned myself with them of like, yeah, that makes sense. Like why like why do we need like a Wally? Well <laughs> why does Wally need to be in the collection? To me it's it's like a criterion almost feels like like I know the Library of Congress puts films in it, but like it feels like for like worldwide Library of Congress, like films that are like artistically important yeah i was gonna say if if you if we're gonna cite the library of congress like film library we need to like mention that they were like okay the important films that we need to add this time around are shrek and the dark knight and there was like a bunch of other ones but that did was they, like the big story yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't see that yeah they, they were like and it was just funny that like those were like next to each other it was like yeah. yes the classics shrek the dark knight <laughs> i mean like i yeah like i get it because like it's cultural like calling shrek culturally significant is weird but like it, 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 it is, is it, yeah. it's like like i doubt you could go up to one person on this campus that doesn't know what shrek is yeah like uh <laughs> and like doesn't probably have some sort of fond memory of it um or just its association with meme culture. Yeah, and then yeah, and then like something like the Dark Knight is like that was sort of around the period where we're finally taking sort of superhero movies seriously. Like they don't have to, they don't have to feel like a comic book anymore. Mm -hmm. It can feel like its own thing. So yeah, it, w it was just weird. Like yeah, it was added in 2020, um, but like some of the other ones that are added, like Sweet Sweetback's badass song. Um, the man with the golden arm. I'm just recognize ones that I recognize. The Hurt Locker, um, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Grease, The Dark Knight, a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a yeah, weird Clockwork trio Orange right and there. Shrek. The and Blues Shrek Brothers and um, and then it goes into Twenty and Shrek. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's, it's like, like yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know who decides that either. And I mean, I'm not really sure who decides. Um, what's in the Criterion Collection and what's not. Um, oh, that's another one. I'm looking through the the film registry now, but um, Broadcast News is one that I've seen recently. Is that the one where, like, the dude's, like, screaming at the... That's no. Network, no, which okay. is also really good, which I would also like to get into my collection. Um, no, that's, like, um, Holly Hunter and William Hurt and... Uh, what's his name? The guy who plays... Uh, Nemo's dad. Oh, I, I I don't remember his name. I'll, I'll get it in a second. Um, but yeah, the the three of them all work at a news station. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Thank you. Um, they all work at a news station, and I was just like, 
it just came to mind yesterday while we were doing the TUTV live stream. And like, I wanted to like walk over to the, the anchors and be like, you got to like sit on your, your like suit coat. So you're like, suit jacket doesn't like bunch up and yeah. th- i don't know there's just like a bunch of little things from that movie that i just like really could connect with doing like <laughs> a live stream and like yeah. comparing that to um like live broadcast news but yeah i thought of another thing i would love to get in criterion which mm-hmm. i mean it's on paramount plus but like star trek like if they would ever do like tv shows i would love them to do yeah i like, think that's another thing that people are like they should expand and do some tv shows because there like, are a lot of old stuff like star trek there's a lot of old stuff that would really fit in there cbs has just like refused to like re- remaster or try to remaster um like deep space nine and stuff like that so it's like so painful to watch on streaming services because it's like clearly looks like a vhs rip or something so like if somebody like Criterion could fix like that, and then like a lot of those films as well are pretty good, like the Star Trek films themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely another one. Do you have any that you would? Yeah, I was trying to come up with some, and I can't really. Shrek. <laughs> On the Silver Globe, I know we've t- we've talked about that one, right? Um, I think I was talking to Wes about that yesterday. He said he's having like a showing or something to me. But... Yeah. It's... I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I, I remember it coming up. But, but like, yeah. that would be one that I think is, like, because that, that, like, perfectly fits um, what Criterion usually goes for and, like, has cultural significance with, like, censorship and being found, like, a billion years later in a Romanian salt mine. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't think of anything. The one that I always see people, like, on, like, the Criterion Reddit... <laughs> Um, is like people are always campaigning for like when is Neon Genesis Evangelion gonna get added, and I'm like that's the only camp that I'm I'm a part of because it's like my favorite. Oh, and okay. I'm like, I mean, I bought the collector's edition when G Kids finally released a Blu-ray of it, I so I like have a nice copy of it, but I'm still just kind of like, why don't why don't we throw like the rebuild movies? <laughs> I can see like Acura something like that because I mean yeah. I don't know who has, like, the rights to Acura, but, I, I mean, think... I've seen it in theaters, like, remastered. So it's already been remastered, but... I think everyone has the rights. It's weird. It's one of those ones that, like, all of the free streaming services all have it. Like, Tubi and uh, Freevee and... Pluto. Uh, Pluto. Yeah, I feel like all it's streaming on all of the... And Hulu, too. I mm. feel like it's streaming everywhere, so I feel like the rights are not, like... Nobody's, like, really hanging on to them tightly. Do you have any films you want to add to the Criterion Collection? <laughs> I said Shrek, bro. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Shrek Criterion Collection. I would support. I would buy it. That'd probably um, be cool. Something like, I don't know, Blade Runner. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that would be a good addition. It would be nice because then you wouldn't have to, like, try to figure out which cut you're supposed to watch because I know that's yeah. the thing. There's, like, a billion different cuts of Blade I Runner. have. I, I found um, kind of like what Casper was talking about earlier. I just was in, like, a DVD um shop and i found a copy of like the 25th anniversary edition of blade runner yeah. and it came with all four cuts on like four different discs oh, that's so that's cool, cool. Mm-hmm. i i've 
haven't like sat down and watched them all yeah. to like, figure out what the differences are. I mean, you can also just like pull up a Wikipedia page. I've also literally watched a YouTube video at that very like question of just like it shows the differences. Just I in, like, think I've watched probably the same YouTube video. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I remember I was watching the 25th anniversary. Is that right? Yeah, I, and, and, and I was like, I was like, hmm, I wonder how it's different, and looked up a video, and then just the coloring but, and stuff is a lot better. But that's another thing about physical media, like. Like, I mean, I think you can watch the original, like, Star Wars edits now. But, like, there was a period of time where, like, all you could really get, unless you already had it, was that, like, weird George Lucas cut where he added all the CGI and whatnot. Yeah, can I don't know if you can. Can you not get the ones prior to that? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I haven't watched the original Star Wars movies in a long time. But, like, I know, like, yeah, unless you've got, like, an original cut, um, it probably still has that crappy george lucas like weird cgi at it yeah i don't know i don't know what version is streaming on um disney plus either i'd, I'd have to look into it but that is something I've, I've always been curious about like what the like crappy stuff that you know george lucas has gone in and tried to like add in afterwards and like what the original one actually looked like when did he add cgi uh was it i want to say it was either the late 80s or like the 90s oh. it would have been like the 90s yeah, yeah early 2000s when that stuff was because like ilm would have been like one of the four like forerunners of uh, at the forefront of stuff like that so yeah and like they didn't really have any like it probably would have been around the time that the prequels were being made mm -hmm. because that was when computer graphics were actually at a point where they could like add in um because I think it was like, like creatures and stuff. Yeah, it was like dumb stuff. Like I think they changed like Jabba. Yeah. Um, they added more like dancers or stuff to like stuff like that. It's just, it's like they they did what they could, not what they should. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in the like history behind all that stuff and like ILM, the, the documentary that they put on Disney Plus yeah. is really really good. I need to I need to get like the Disney Hulu ESPN bundle again. Yeah. Um, that's really it. That's all the questions that I, that I came up with. Is there anything else you like? What are you guys talking about? No, I was gonna add you. You referenced it to like Pokemon in the sense of like collecting stuff. I, this is this could I don't most collectors I think collect stuff because they want it, not for like selling purposes. But is there a market for like buying like like unopened Criterion like? Like I is, mean, is that a market or is like Criterion always kind of like, is their stock always full? Like, I bet that that is probably, I've never like looked into like even trying to buy like the Kurosawa, like, like billion dollar, like whole bundle. But I mean, I'm sure there is a market cause they do go out of print. Like, yeah, it, that's, that's the only thing that I think would actually have that kind of stuff is the stuff that's not, no longer in print, um, but the rest of the the just regular stuff that's still in print, not not really. Everything's usually um, there's not really a because nobody buys them at the full price. Really, everybody just sort of waits for the sales and buys them for. Can you buy them on, like just? I mean, obviously, I know Criterion has a website, but can you like order them online? Yeah, you yeah, can order yeah. them from yeah. Criterion um, anywhere that has them. Yeah, Am Amazon or like Target even okay. sells them. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I just was curious about that. If there was like a market for people like holding on to them or anything like that. Not really. Not other than like stuff that's out of print. Um, yeah, because like some stuff last year or two years ago went out of print that they just like didn't have the rights anymore. Um, and so like they had like Rosemary's Baby was in there. That was one of them that mm. um, is no longer in print that they had in the collection, but it's they're just not selling it anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Or like there's a nice. Um, 
Guillermo del Toro, like three movies box set that they don't make anymore, which just sucks because I wanted it. <laughs> gotcha. Well, no, I don't think I had any more questions. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for joining me. Thank you, Zach, for like bringing this up because I probably wouldn't have like talked about it otherwise. Probably just would have like went to the went to Barnes and Noble, bought like three or four of them, and then like looked at my empty wallet and cried. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. So thanks guys for joining me, and we'll see everybody next time.